Hey guys, I'm Raf. And I'm James. On today's episode, Thanksgiving 2020. pocket of big turkey i'm actually partial to big turkey okay got it much more of a it's it's more of an integrative approach (laughs) you you integrated the duck into the actual question I have because I eat turkey sandwiches for lunch 87.38% of the time. And yet, after lunch, I don't feel tired. Before we jump in, I think there are some basic facts that we should apprise our audience of regarding the thing inside of the turkey that makes you tired, which is so called... So lay it out for me. What What is this idea about turkey making you tired? So the idea is that turkey is a meat that is rich in something called tryptophan. So tryptophan is an essential amino acid. It's not the only one. There's a bunch of them, but this is one of them. But what does essential mean? It's something that you can't make on your own that your body needs to build the things it needs to survive. What's an amino acid? An amino acid is the building block of a protein. A protein is a building block of bigger things in your body. Muscles, ligaments, all sorts of stuff. They start as... So almost everything that makes up your body is made out of proteins. Mm-hmm. And amino acids are like the subunits of proteins, is what mm-hmm. you're saying, right? Exactly. And then there's some amino acids that are essential and some that aren't. And so the essential ones are essential because why? Because your body can't make them on its own. Okay. So your body makes some... But some can't be made, so the only way you can get it is by eating turkey. Exactly. No, not just turkey, but <laughs> a oh. variety of things. Okay, so tryptophan is in other things too. Yeah, but it's particularly rich in various meats, including turkey. Okay, got it. But why would tryptophan make you sleepy? I don't get that part. Well, we said that amino acids make lots of things. And one of the things that amino acids make are the neurotransmitters in our brain, which allow us to survive, function, and feel emotions. And in particular, tryptophan is a building block in two important ones, two important neurotransmitters, serotonin and melatonin. Okay, I see where this is going. Mm -hmm. So serotonin makes you happy and melatonin makes you? Very tired. Okay, got it. So you, you eat turkey, you get a bunch of tryptophan, and then you get sleepy and pass out. Exactly. So it, may, it makes a lot of sense, right? So tryptophan is the building block. It's an essential building block for serotonin and melatonin. And so sounds great, right? You want to be happy, just go out and take some tryptophan. Right? Sounds good so to me. It, or eat some they turkey. They sell it over the counter. Yeah. But does it work? I, I doubt. I doubt. I have my doubts. Why do you think that off the top of your head? Well, if, uh, if eating tryptophan and e- eating turkey could uh, regulate your mood and your sleep then why the heck would there be a need for us or antidepressants? And uh, I would assume that if it was so great at that, that that wouldn't be the case. 
Um, it's called Big Pharma and like lying oh, to the public and all that stuff. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, and gotcha. This is all a big scam. I don't know. Well, we got the memo. You know what, Raf? I think you're in the pocket of Big Turkey. I, I'm actually partial to Big Turducken. Okay, got it. Much more of a. It's it's more of an integrative approach. Okay. <laughs> you you integrate the duck into the chicken, and the chicken into it. the turkey. I love it. All right. Very new age. So yeah, they've done research on tryptophan on mood and other things one of the ways they often do research on stuff in the body is by taking it away Mm -hmm. so there's a series of studies of taking away tryptophan or depriving people of tryptophan for an extended period of time and then seeing what happens for example to their mood okay there are some studies that show that depleting tryptophan decreases mood or causes depression. But overall, the studies are really mixed. The strongest evidence is probably in tryptophan depletion in people who have a history of depression. Mm, okay. But there's just as many or more studies where taking away tryptophan really didn't show any effect on mood. And this this is one of those areas, Raf, and I feel like we've talked about this in the past, where when we talk about certain studies, I feel like as a critical, thoughtful person, certain alarm bells should go off. Now, you started this segment by saying that they studied this by depriving people of tryptophan. Right. That immediately to me sounds like an incredibly difficult study to do because how are you going to do that? You'd have to monitor every little thing that people ate for a huge period of time. You're relying on the study subjects to know that they shouldn't be consuming certain things. And if they knew that, that would uh, endanger the study in and of itself. So immediately when I'm hearing these studies, you know, alarm bells are going off. Doesn't mean that the studies weren't done well. Doesn't mean that the studies can't, you know, teach us something. It just... You know, I think this is one of those situations where my yeah. uh, my spider sense is going off. Well, it also raises ethical questions. Sure. Because, you know, you're, how are you going to make people malnourished on purpose, essentially? But the fact that the strongest evidence was in people who are already depressed, I think does suggest that there's some real effect. Sure. It also, I think, points to... There were studies in people who have a history of depression but had been in remission and basically taking away the tryptophan... Uh, brought back the depression. Got it. Interesting. Right? Um, which makes sense, right? Because it is uh, an essential building block of serotonin. And we know that, you know, decreased amounts of serotonin in the brain are associated with depression. I think it also points to something we talked about before, which is having subpopulations and the fact that the illnesses that we diagnose are really syndromes and not discrete diseases. Sure. Right. Yeah. So because, again, because we're defining depression by a set of symptoms, we're not really talking about one disease, right? We're talking about a lot of different pathways that meet to one set of symptoms or a syndrome. Sure. Right. So something about people who already have a history of depression makes them more prone to, you know, maybe they require more tryptophan in order to make adequate levels of serotonin. Who knows? But there's something there for sure. Got it. On the other hand, in supplementation studies with tryptophan, the evidence is probably even weaker. Mm, so okay. giving people tryptophan didn't particularly improve their mood in most studies. Got it. There is some evidence a little bit stronger in seasonal affective disorder and premenstrual dysphoric disorder. But that being said, these are, you know, there's not a lot of studies and they're relatively small. So who knows, right? Yeah, gotcha. Um, but basically regarding mood, I mean, it seems like, and it makes sense, right? You know, we know that you need tryptophan to make serotonin. 
We know that serotonin has an impact on mood. So it makes sense that there's some evidence, but it also makes sense that it's not overwhelming evidence because there's a lot more to mood than just tryptophan or serotonin. Yeah. And even though these studies are limited, what I find really fascinating is that in the tryptophan depletion studies, they showed that tryptophan can have an effect not only on mood, but on memory and impulsivity and aggressiveness. And again, we have to take these findings with a grain of salt, but it's still fascinating. Yeah, I think. And again, it makes sense. You know, we know that the neurotransmitters have many different effects. Um, I think the impulsivity studies are, are really interesting. Having adequate levels of serotonin is associated with less impulsivity, better stress tolerance, less irritability, less aggressiveness. So it makes sense that they found that there. But again, the strongest evidence was in people who are already prone to those things. So mm. in people with ADHD, for example, depletion of tryptophan was associated with increase in impulsivity and aggressiveness traits that can be associated with ADHD, as well as in people with a uh, paternal history of alcoholism. Got it. Interesting. All right. Um, so again, it, it seems like in subpopulations, which are already prone to certain symptoms, removing the tryptophan can kind of push them over the edge to becoming kind of symptomatic. Isn't, isn't there examples in history of banning of specific versions of amino acids, including tryptophan? Yeah. So tryptophan has an interesting history. Um, back in 1989 and 1990, there was an outbreak of a disease termed eosinophilia myalgia syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? Never in my life. Well, based on the what it's called, what do you think it is? I would think that when you have too much tryptophan, you have muscle pains and also eosinophils, which is a cell type that's often associated with allergies and certain types of infections in your blood. Is that right. is that the case? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Right. So there's <laughs> I learned by MD. Excellent. Well, a lot of medicine is uh, just defining terms. Sure. Eosinophilia, so you had high eosinophils and myalgia, meaning like muscle pains. Um, but eosinophilia myalgia syndrome featured muscle weakness, soreness, muscle spasms, shortness of breath, also uh, inflammation of the skin. And on blood tests, it showed a high presence of eosinophils. Um, but it's a pretty big deal because it had up to a 5% fatality rate. Mm. And gotcha. they looked into what was similar with the people presenting suddenly with eosinophilia myalgia syndrome. And they identified that many of them were taking tryptophan. So the FDA banned L-tryptophan altogether at that point in time. And the epidemic went away. Um, further research showed that most of them were taking a supplement from a specific company in Japan and that people who were taking other forms of L-tryptophan didn't have this syndrome. So eventually the FDA lifted the ban and that pharmacy changed the way they produced tryptophan. And since then, there have only been sporadic cases of gotcha. EMS. That being said, there's a little bit of controversy with saying that it just came from that one company. Okay. Basically, some people point out that you know, when the FDA banned L-tryptophan, it went from being very widely used to not being used at all. So there's, and also there were cases before the outbreak and there have been sporadic cases after of EMS it associated with L-tryptophan. So it's possible that while a lot of the cases were associated to that one company and the way they made their L-tryptophan, <laughs> that, that doesn't explain all of the cases so yes. and that tryptophan confusing. itself may cause this syndrome. 
Interesting. There's a case report of somebody getting this syndrome from eating too much tryptophan. So it's possible just that, well, first of all, that that particular company, you know, made the syndrome more likely in the way they created the compound, but also just that some people are prone to develop this syndrome with tryptophan. And because so many people were taking it that, you know, the, the numbers were just showing higher and higher. So oh, yeah, God. so you are, you are completely right. Tryptophan, this uh, lowly amino acid has quite a uh, storied history. So a lot of people still take it for sleep. There's some evidence that it does work for sleep. Um, some evidence also that it improves sleep apnea. Interesting. But again, none of this evidence is strong enough to the point where we are prescribing tryptophan, although it is prescribed in other countries, mm. interestingly enough. Gotcha. All in all, what do you think about tryptophan in and of itself? You know, Should people be taking it? Should we be prescribing it? Should we be recommending it? What, what would you think? I don't think so. You know, I think in the very beginning of this episode, we talked about how it's a precursor to some of the th- targets of our of the medications that we use on a day-to-day basis. So really there's no reason to increase the precursor when we can just increase the actual things that we want to increase. If you are having issues issues sleeping, there's more evidence and research behind melatonin and it, right. melatonin is safe and effective. If you're if you're having trouble with depression, anxiety, so on and so forth, there is certainly more research behind SSRIs. Um, and it, and again, the, you know, those are safe and effective as well for the most part. So I feel like there's no real reason unless you can't take either of those medications yeah. for you to explore this. I mean, I think everything is risk and benefits. Sure. Um, I think the, the best and safest way to ensure you're getting enough tryptophan is by having a balanced diet. Sure. Supplements could be useful theoretically as an insurance policy. But first of all, um, generally speaking, foods are a lot more bioavailable than supplements. Um, And the other thing is, as we saw with this epidemic, you know, there's a risk to taking something that's synthetically produced and not particularly well regulated, right? Bad things can happen. So maybe, maybe it's a useful supplement. But I think weighing the risk and the benefits, I think the safer option is to try to ensure that you're getting a balanced diet. And if you do have depression or a sleep disorder, to go with the proven treatments and then, you know, to keep this in the back pocket as something that's secondary. And I think also the proven treatments will, in a lot of instances, be cheaper because I've seen how much uh, some companies charge for these that's amino acids off the, off the shelf. And, you know, if you have... In health insurance, you know, an SSRI is going to be cheaper per month than than certain of these amino acid supplements. Like four bucks a month. Yeah, exactly. Whereas some of these, some of these, uh, you know, you'll you'll look at the at the shelf in your in your pharmacy and you'll see like a a a jar of these for maybe even over a hundred dollars in certain circumstances, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, even if you're paying ten bucks, right? That's just one thing. <laughs> yeah. Out yeah. of like out of like 10,000 things that your body needs. So it can certainly add up pretty quickly. Sure. You know, all in all, you know, it makes sense tryptophan, we know is a building block of serotonin and melatonin. So it would make sense that if you eat a lot of a source of tryptophan that you would get sleepy. Mm-hmm. Right? So true or false, is the tryptophan in the turkey what makes you sleepy? Uh eh? Yeah. Yeah. If for for I, those uh for the audiences at home, you couldn't see me. I was doing the hands emoji 
you know, the, no, the, sh- the shrug emoji. Oh, I thought you were doing the dance that um, Zoidberg does. <laughs> no. Have you seen that? I have, but I, I don't think I'm talented enough to uh, to do that, especially yeah. on cue. But, uh, I think you could get into that position. I just doubt you'd ever get out of it. True. Very true. So there's a lot of confounding variables. First of all, yes, there's a lot of tryptophan in turkey, but there's just as much or more tryptophan in other things sure. like cheese and milk, other meats, and a lot of other foods, many of which you might be consuming at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've noticed this, Raph, but it doesn't matter what you eat. If you go to the CC's Pizza at 3 a.m. with your high school buddies and you eat an entire pie of disgusting CC's Pizza, you will fall asleep right then and there. A sans tryptophan pie. Exactly. So why do you think that is? Well, I think it's because, you know, especially if we're talking about uh, pizza, we're talking about a lot of carbs. And Mm -hmm. if there's a lot of carbs, we're talking about your body responding to those carbs by releasing a lot of insulin. Mm-hmm. And your body does that to take the, that energy from those carbs and shove it into the cells and therefore kind of depleting the energy stores that are just readily available and thus making you kind of want to just go to sleep. Yeah, there's several different theories as to like the mechanics of how that happens. Um, I think probably they're all a little bit true. Some prominent ones are just parasympathetic activation when you eat. Mm-hmm. We talked about before, like the autonomic nervous system having two modes, the fight or flight or the feed and breed. So um, when you're eating, you're inherently relaxed. That's just the way the nervous system works. And so it's more likely to make you sleepy. Um, Another mechanism is the insulin driving potassium into the cells Mm -hmm. and hypokalemia being associated with drowsiness Mm -hmm. or low potassium outside the cells, hypokalemia. And then the most interesting one does have to do with tryptophan. Uh, The idea is that the insulin drives a lot of the amino acids into the muscular tissue, but it doesn't do that to tryptophan. And so there's studies that show that eating a high carb meal causes an irrelative increase of tryptophan in the blood and an increase of serotonin and melatonin in the brain. Interesting. Huh. So it kind of is the, the tryptophan. Yeah. It's just that it's not just the tryptophan and there's also other things rather other than the turkey that have a lot of tryptophan in them. So I don't know that most people on the internet say that the myth is busted. I think that's a little strong mm. to say. I think it's just the myth is more complicated. Yeah, I think I mean, everything that we've spoken about today has at least shown that I mean, there's been research into tryptophan and, you know, the the conclusions are mixed. There was never a study that ruled it out. So I feel like right. we can't we can't count out good old tryptophan just yet. That's right. You know, Raph, I think we should end this by just wishing everyone a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Spend it with loved ones if you can in a safe way. And if you can't, there's no shame in this being the Thanksgiving that maybe you see your loved ones on Zoom, but you're you're hanging out and on your own, staying safe, eating your solo tryptophan bomb. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's pretty uh, that's pretty good advice. All right. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Pilgrim. <laughs> Adios. Wait, that's your line. Yeah, that's my. I, you threw me off, man. Oh my god. Oh man, I don't even need you anymore. Adios, peace. I, I don't even get one of them. You take, you take them both. At least give me peace. I mean, you listen. You're, you are, right. you are a Spanish speaker. You Fine. can have. I'll give you the adios. Do I have okay. to mispronounce it? <laughs>
like James. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Something like that. Adios. Peace.